Hello everybody, Mike Richard here. I am the founder of Talk About It Mate and uh, this is episode 9 of the Talk About It Mate podcast uh, where I had the pleasure of travelling uh, to Preston and sitting down with uh, an amazing guy, Neil Proctor. We had a really fantastic wide-ranging discussion and uh, the title of this podcast is Eating Disorders because that's uh, what Neil was able to talk about but there were so many topics that we covered in the in the hour and it was including acting counseling family community trauma addiction adhd and as neil said to me before we started recording there's many many nuggets that you can take away from these podcasts and i really hope that um people do go back and listen to the ones we've done previously as well and i just want to say uh thank you to adam from uh the venue uh plug and taps in preston where we recorded this podcast and uh had a few beers uh, and that was just great that he was so open to letting us use the room upstairs and it was a great day out uh, for me to go back to Preston, a uh, trip down memory lane somewhere where I went to uni about 15 years ago and uh, uh, had a few bad times started there actually but uh, it was nice to go back and uh, the venue itself, Plug and Taps, uh, they actually do have a men's support group every Wednesday night called Happy Days so uh, check that out if you're in that uh, the Preston area. Um, yeah, so watch our social media channels for any future updates about our own men's peer support groups and other events that are happening and we really hope that you enjoy episode nine of the talk about it mate podcast okay hello everybody welcome to episode nine of the talk about it mate podcast uh Again, every time I do this, I can't believe I'm up to number nine. Um, and today's a quite special one because I've left my kitchen table uh, in Salford and I've uh, ventured north to Preston. Uh, I'd like to say my old stomping ground. I did spend a few months back here when I was younger um, to sit down with Neil. Hiya. Hi. And uh, we'll hear about Neil's story uh, you know, in a few minutes, but um, I'll just fill you in on what we've been up to with the group uh, as it's been school summer holidays I have been in overdrive just attending business courses and marketing workshops and um, I don't know where I am where I am half the time but it's quite good because um, it's helped me to work on you know what I'm offering so I'm going to start offering workshops in workplaces and schools as well as uh, as I mentioned previously one-to-one talk therapy and uh, just to you know repeat what our kind of mission statement or what I'm hoping to uh, share is courage, compassion and connection and I think they're really important things and I'll talk about them as we go forward. Um, got events coming up, obviously by the time this podcast has gone out they might all gone past but there's plenty of coffee shop meetups coming up and ones where you can meet up with myself and get an idea about counselling uh, and um, I wanted to say a big thank you to the people I met at the Mike Manchester uh, podcasting club on meetup the other night and uh, gave me a few tips about meetups and uh, and podcasting and uh, I think there's things I can take going forward as we grow this audience but the best thing about it is that these will always be there uh, so I can look back on them with what I've learned and then prevent, they present a range of stories every time and Neil's just said to me you get a nugget from each one but I think it's important to celebrate our own journeys whatever we're going through so um so great, yeah, that brings us here today. I think about, probably about two months ago, um, I had a stand at the Man vs Fat Festival, Man City's ground, and then uh, with a big pot of sweets. <laughs> and then all the guys came over for sweets and then I met Neil and uh, yeah, we got chatting and, and you know, you invited me up here today and I'm very happy to be here. So just, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, however you want to start a way in for Man v Fat for any other part of your journey journey. Yeah, I like the word journey. I, I do. If the welder me, who was a welder for 10 years, heard me saying well, their journey, he'd set me on fire. But it is, it's massively a journey, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I have a history of eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And they really became destructive in my mid-twenties when I was at university. I was a mature student studying acting. My life just unraveled fast and I could ravel it back together. Yeah. But through therapy and counselling, I realised that they'd always been there. Um, sometimes in a positive way but more often than not quite a destructive way mm. 
yeah, and being an actor working in a in a very image focused industry can be a bit of a challenge. But I got into Man vs Fat off the back of a year of therapy. Um, I was probably, I was about 95, 96 kilograms, which I still haven't been brave enough to work out what that is in stone. 16, I'd say. I think it's around 16, which, you know, I'm, I was one of the slimmer guys because some of the guys are really quite big. Yeah, I know that, yeah. 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 They usually wear fat, whereas I'm not allowed, that, I'm discouraged from using that through therapy because it's an unhelpful word. But they're very open about it because they're using it to positively transform their lives, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, for me being 16 stone uh, was catastrophic. I couldn't get used to being so big because my ideal weight is about four stone when I'm not very well. So that, that was why I joined Man vs Fat and my therapist was really conscious about me joining a weight management program which is competitive. Yeah, but it was amazing. Hence the meeting at the festival. Yeah, I've you got, guys. I've got such. It's amazing. The Preston League is just second to none. I got a really good vibe when I was speaking to one of the, the players' partners who did the drug and alcohol defence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's it's Liz, is it? Yeah, yeah. It is. And I just got a really positive vibe about what the whole program's about. I think you just get used to your own league and. Now, you know, now I've been doing it a couple of years, and I, I, my competitive levels have gone up. And, yeah. and I hate to say that because like <laughs> I've actually sometimes lost sight of what I'm there for weight loss and I think recently yeah. I've, I've clawed that back because I am getting married in like 10 weeks so oh, 9 God. weeks I think so where are you getting married? <laughs> in Salford yeah it's at the uh, Lowry so wow I mean, probably 8 weeks I don't know 9 weeks I don't know like so it's like I want to get to the very very lowest point of weight yeah and then I'm going to have some time off from it because it isn't healthy to always always say I need to lose weight all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you'll know more about that than me. Yeah. In, yeah. in your own way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because for me, it becomes. It becomes. Uh, what everybody's done a daft diet or a daft, mm. daft exercise regime. You know, go to the gym 30 squats for 30 days, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Or the cabbage diet or whatever these daft teas are being advertised on. Oh, no. Facebook. Don't get me started. No. Oh. Um, I'm I'm self-filtering because I was going to say I burn the faces but that's probably a bad thing to say because it causes a lot of damage to people like me because yeah. it becomes an obsession Yes, I get fixated on it I'll hear something like I worked in the fitness industry for nine years right. like custom service Yeah, but I worked at a nice gym it was Virgin Active and Nuffield okay. so it was about health as opposed to health and fitness as opposed to bodybuilding and that kind of yeah. thing but I'd hear some of the PTs or some of the people who I thought knew what they were talking about. Yeah. And these PTs wouldn't stay for long. There, yeah. There's a for it. Yeah, ones who weren't strong PTs, because as a rule, the, the PTs I worked with were amazing. Yeah. And they'd say things like, oh, just have cut out carbs altogether. Yeah. And that, for me, became almost a religious thing, whereas I wouldn't eat any yeah. carbs. Um, people do look to up towards experts and, and in some ways like yeah. that. And it can be unhelpful when there is the medical advice might suggest differently yeah yeah but sometimes medical advice yeah. is wrong I, yeah I, and they, even yeah. they don't always get it right no they? i was through being heavier mm. and my eating disorders i was, my, my cholesterol was quite high which is unusual because i'd always have a very low good and bad cholesterol yeah but through my binging and my, my binging episodes mm. I, my cholesterol went quite high i went to a doctor and he said you need to go on a low carb diet yeah which is really not what the best thing to do because he's you know they're very clever but they're general it sounds very um, reactive not yeah. proactive yeah but luckily I was having therapy with the eating disorder service in, yeah. in Preston in Lancashire and I had access to a dietitian, and she right. she man, managed to say well no it's yeah. just let's just unpick this and find healthy foods because he was saying avoid pasta don't do rice don't do potatoes that's too black and white isn't and it and it just triggered me I was I was frightened. I was well, there's two words you mentioned there and I'm going to pick out. Unpick is a great word because I think any issue is complex. It's like a web. Yeah, you can, so anybody, when there's a problem, you can see someone suffering, you want them to solve that problem in one broad sweep. Don't do that. Or chill. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's why people say things. They're not bad people. It's just sometimes they can be unhelpful. And then you've used the second word, which is something that I've not really explored myself enough, is trigger. Like, yeah. Because for some people, some things will bring words phrases things that they say will bring up memories 
and it can be then start them on a cycle of so I'm bringing it back let's define eating disorders so I did a little bit of research okay so the first thing that would come to my mind is anorexia yep been there uh, done that and then bulimia manorexia as I call it manorexia <laughs> you're taking ownership and then you mentioned the third one which is binge binge uh, that's part yeah. of binge eating well there's there's like a general there's quite a few I've had I was anorexic mm-hmm. anorexia basically is a restriction of either food or calorie counting but you're a yeah. restrictor okay and once you get under a certain BMI, yeah. you're defined as anorexic. Over right. a certain BMI, you've got a non... Well, when I was anorexic, it was a non-specified eating disorder. Um, there's orthorexia, which is clean eating. So you only eat clean food, you know, so you do no processed food. Well, yeah. Um, there's bulimia, yeah. which I always assumed was laxatives and making this, inducing vomiting. Yeah. Turns out spicy food can be used, and if you use spicy food, because that can have a laxative effect, that yeah, can, can be a sign of bulimia. Um, and then there's binge eating disorder. There's more, there's yeah. stuff to do with people who've got diabetes, diabulimia, dia where they right. abuse their medication to lose weight. Yeah. But binge eating is it's quite a big one. <laughs> Excuse the plain words. Um, but yeah, I've had them all with the exception of uh, diabulimia, because I found. Yeah. I would fix one. Some people have an eating disorder for a, a finite amount of time. Yeah. They either work through it themselves mm-hmm. or they get a bit of support and they address it. Yeah. But my issues were so ingrained that I would fix anorexia mm-hmm. and mechanically fed myself. I ate I mechanically. It was yeah. just a methodical process. Like I, get I, need, in my body. I need, I need, yeah, it, I need no, to eat. No connection um, to it. And, and you, you get these little people come into your lives every now and again and help you move forward and mm-hmm. they always come from the most unlikely source I was with my anorexia the tipping point was there was two tipping points I was my marriage my first marriage was unravelling I was at university mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't get control of my life I had young kids yeah. as a mature student I had kids really young I was 19 when I first right, okay. yeah, I, was, I was a baby I'd never held a baby and then I had one it was mad yeah, I would be yeah. responsible for this little thing, and he was very small, and he didn't yeah. sleep, and he was very poorly all the time. Not ill, but just. But this is all making part of your picture. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I was a welder for ten years, which is a. As a kid, I was quite sensitive, uh-huh. in a non-sensitive environment. So yeah. the sensitivity was frowned upon or yeah. knocked out of me, really. Yeah. Then I went into engineering, which is a very. Mm machismo very 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 male aggressive yeah very 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 aggressive environment mm-hmm. um then injected all in to become a welder <laughs> sorry to be, be an actor which is a massive change huge people always say uh, what's that film flash dance but no i'm not a dancer <laughs> just that oh, like the factory. yeah 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 um and it was such a transition period mm-hmm. my ex-wife wasn't terribly supportive of that decision because she thought you know what why are you giving up a, a, a reasonably good wage it, my marriage was a mess we've been together since being 16 we've grown apart there's all yeah. these different things going on so I and obviously the, the whole self-reflection that you're doing your first year as an actor to yeah. find out who you are and the course at UCLan in Preston yeah. they really pushed you to get to know yourself yeah in which can be uncomfortable way, as in well. a positive way and a negative way yeah. sometimes it was done through accessing emotions that you can use as an actor and other times I yeah. think it was just done to make you cry I never cried, I was too tough, too strong. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started using food and it became a competitive weight loss thing. But what happened for me was I got down to under eight stone, which I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not slim. I'm slim, but I'm not thin. Yeah. I was so, so thin. And one of my friends, I want to use a naughty word in a minute, you might have to believe it out. No, it's okay, we, 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 uh, we use swearing. This is the worst, it's the naughtiest of naughties. But my, my friend, I went back into engineering through summer to get okay. a bit of money together. Yeah. And I've been friends with this lad. We served our apprenticeships together. And he's a typical Darwin lad. Darwin's in yeah. Blackburn. So, you know, he's, he's a northern working class lad. Yeah. And I was so thin. Yeah. You know, just so thin. Um, and he kept driving past me on the forklift while I was working. Yeah. And he just kept driving past going, fuck hunt. And every time he drove past, he said it because he knew I wasn't well. And it's yeah. so, it sounds really unhelpful, yeah. but it, it made me realise the stupidity of the situation. Sometimes I think a, a lad culture does get knocked on. And I I'm, can be a, quite a critic of lad culture, especially in mental yeah. health. 
And uh, but there's there's times when once men have accepted their friends and what they're going through, yeah. they can actually lighten the load by using oh, humour. Yeah. And at, at times it's very good, even when I was having my worst times. But at, yeah. at times it can be bad when yeah. they don't accept you. Yeah, sometimes it can be destructive. But one of my friends was diagnosed with HIV. He's a gay lad. Yeah. Um, and he's, he was diagnosed with HIV about 10 years ago. And he had a friend very similar to me. And he was devastated. He was heartbroken. Yeah. He went round to his friend's house. And <laughs> He was the first person he told outside his family, and his mate said, "Oh, but he, you know, he went, he opened up, and he's really, really upset. He's crying." And his mate just turned around to him and said, "Well, it wasn't you were a whore anyway." And it just to anybody else outside that that relationship, that would be really unfair and un- yeah. unfortunate, such a horrible thing to say. Yeah. However, my friend is eternally grateful to his friend saying that because he just. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just the right thing at the right time. Well, that's it, and I think it's not for anyone else to judge that. Yeah, exactly. In, in life, I think in, in life now, people jump on things too much. I mean, I mean, if you're going to put content out there online for everyone to see, then you have to be. And I'm reading a really good book at the moment about people who've been shamed. It's yeah. like a John Ronson one, you know, like an investigative journalist. Okay. But he's done books about psychopaths. But there's one about so you've been publicly shamed, okay. and it's about the whole shame and guilt process. And it's like you know. The problem with social media is people will, who you've never met will just jump on and like you get all these negative comments yeah, and yeah. stuff. And so there's, there's people have like two selves, their selves online, their self, their real self. But, but isn't like, that an expression of who we are? You know, if you go to yeah. the doctors, you see somebody you know in the doctor and you go, how are you doing? And yeah. they go, yeah, I'm all right. I prefer not because you're yeah. in the doctors. But we, yeah. we do have two personas, don't we? Well, it's often, if that's your medium to get across, like podcasts, for example, yeah. I can share my story. I've done blogs reluctantly, but I have done them. Like, it's better than me just going up to every single person I know on a social occasion, but not that I have many, and say, oh, can I tell you about my tough time? Because <laughs> they're going to be like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to have a good time. Like, <laughs> on your bike. Yeah, don't bring us down, mate. No, but, you know, I, what I'm trying to say is, in podcasting, you know, this is a, a, you know, can be considered to be a serious kind of thing, but, like, you know, not every step of the journey is, like, doom and gloom. There are bad times, but you have to laugh about things in the process. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, thanks for sharing, kind of, that like there's so much to it that I wouldn't know I want you to kind of if you tell me about how you learned about yourself through the process because you mentioned counselling and you, uh, how did you realise things about yourself that made you do these things I managed to get some counselling when I was at the end of my first year because I was broken I was so unwell um, I wasn't technically anorexic at that yeah. point but I'd lost a heck of a lot of weight which, you know, I'd gone through the losing... Of, I was a little bit chunky. Yeah. And I'd lost a little bit of weight, gone through into the... It yeah. looks good phase. Yeah. And then I'd gone through into the, ooh, we're a little bit... Okay, yeah. where's this going to go? Then I left all my friends from uni, um, who were just, just the most beautiful people ever. Yeah. It's great because I could ring any one of the 18 people on my course now and say, can I stop at yours? Wow. They were just amazing. And then I went off and my, my marriage was unravelling. Mm. I wasn't very well. I went into a job to earn money that I hated. Yeah. I absolutely hated working as a welder. I really, yeah. really, well, I was a sheet metal worker. I use welder because it makes it easy to yeah. understand. But I hated the toxic masculinity in it, being a sensitive soul. Yeah. The bravado, you know, I've met grown men cry with my wind-ups, but really, yeah. I'm quite a sensitive person. Um, and then I got this, I got this six weeks of therapy yeah. I was very lucky because she was she worked at the Priory in Preston and she yeah. did a bit of voluntary work so she was a, a really strong really good therapist did you get referred or no no she had six found, weeks but yeah. what that did that opened up a box yeah. and then through summer I couldn't put the lid back on it yeah. because I didn't have access to therapy I didn't know that I could go to doctors so for three or four months I, I stopped eating mm. I did oh, just, just Really, really. Yeah. I don't want to use the term stupid because I wasn't well. Yeah. And I have to remember it's an illness. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I always thought it was a characteristic or a, twi- tw- a twist or a quirk of my personality. Yeah, you around. detach you, it from you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just something I did, but I was genuinely ill. But yeah, I unravelled and became really unwell. And when I went back, I got s- straight back into another set of therapy sessions. Yeah. And uh, this is one of the second triggers that helped me realise I was unwell. She said, You're anorexic. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, maybe I'm not. And she went, no, you definitely are. Mm. You, you wait, everything about you, what you're doing. She said, and if you don't, um, if you're not careful, mm. and we don't get, you know, get you to where we need you to be, 
you're going to come and see me in the prairie, you're going to be coming in as a resident. Yeah. And that frightened me because I didn't want to be away from kids. Yeah, like it was almost it like was, a scare tactic. It, it, to well, she was being kind, yeah. but for me, I was so frightened of being away from my kids. Yeah. And my university course, because that was one thing that gave me, as much as I was an yeah. awful student, uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was So I wasn't well. Yeah. And I didn't have the support at home. My ex-wife didn't want me being there. Yeah. And I was so unwell that, you know, I was, I was pooling. But I didn't want to be away from my friends and I didn't want to be away from my kids. So I, I just mechanically et, got myself back up to a, a healthy BMI. Mm-hmm. To kind of get yourself out of that. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's funny what you said about, you, you could say, I'm trying to tell people about the benefits of, of counselling. You'll have a, a set of counselling that might come to an end, and then you kind of get addicted or hooked on that. Like I, I like I liked having the chance to talk, as many people might know. But somebody who wasn't a friend or family member who was kind of like trained to like almost like they were being paid or they were they, they were there to listen to me. That was their job, and it, I, I got I got not got off on that, but I really enjoyed that. So when that was taken away. I had this hope that things were going to get better, but I, I can, and maybe this is linked to my ADHD, I don't know, I can like run with ideas very, very quickly and, and not jump to conclusions, but think that, yeah. very black, think that things are going to be all right straight away. And probably I started to write checks that I couldn't cash, you know, <laughs> promise, promise I was going to do things like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, so that was obviously a big, big lad at the time. I'd be like, yeah, I really fancy this girl. I'm going to lose like the, all this weight. And then by yeah. Christmas, I'm going to take her out. And like, I'd be, I was setting unrealistic goals and expectations for myself. So when I didn't meet them, of course I wasn't going to meet them. Like, this, I'm talking 10, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years ago, whatever. Um, then I'd relapse from like... It's I'd catastrophic go, thinking as well, isn't it? Yeah. I can't I, do that, so I'm awful. So, yeah, was black relapse. and white. Yeah. Like, I, I also say, like, I, you know, I'm a loser. I say that to myself. And then you repeat a lie, and it becomes like... Yeah. And then that's just in my brain there. So... So then it, yeah. the next set of therapy, that's after I had a breakdown, and then I'd say probably go away a year or 18 months and I got another set of therapy when I started to really get onto another. Yeah. And then when that stopped, I, I think, you know, another guy through Boop, and then that stopped quite suddenly. And I was like, so last summer I was a bit like, it could go either way, I'd done really well. Mm. But then I started this new counselling course, it didn't work out. Then I met Sonia, who's been on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, listen to that video. You know, Sonia's gonna be my supervisor and she's giving me business advice. And like, for me, I'll see her for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm prepared to be in counselling because I'll be in supervision for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, it's not like a safety net, but that reassures me. Yeah. yeah. When you're on your own, that's when you have to rely on your own yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean, because I had a, I've about, say, had uh, CBT uh, for six months, but they yeah. could only tackle the behaviours. Yeah. And, you know, they said, you'll probably have four to six weeks, and then I ended up doing a full six months. Yeah. Because my behaviours were so ingrained, mm. and it was such a challenge. I was really keen, I was, it was the right time to do that, because it yeah. helped me, you know, structure my, my food. There's all sorts of different things that came into it, but it was, it was from here onwards. Yes. therapy essentially um, then I disappeared a little bit I'm a Buddhist as we were talking yeah. about before so I do a little bit of self reflection I don't sit looking at my belly button all day no. but I'm, I'm reasonably self aware through therapy and you know through the practice that I have as a Buddhist uh, so yeah I kind of took that on board and then I realised I realised how unwell I was. I was I did a play with a friend of mine called John Mark and I had to be, it's a cafe piece, we're in cafes and mm-hmm. bars and things like that. Yeah. I had to strip down to my underwear and we, wow. were, you know, we were in touch, physically touching distance yeah. of the audience. I wasn't massively heavy, I was probably about 13 stone. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm quite, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm slim but I'm, I'm not thin, so I didn't look too bad but it just triggered everything. Yeah. Bubble, bubble. I was, I live a mile from my gym. Yeah. I was. I came into the project quite late, so it was pressure to learn lines and things like that because somebody had to bail. Yeah. Um, but I was. I just went fanatical. Mm. Uh, I lost a, a little bit of weight. Luckily, through the CBT, it kept me structured. Yeah. But I just went into this little bubble of um, essentially pre-anorexia. I suppose yeah. I was really restricting my food. I was exercising quite vigorously two times. I do don't do a lot of cardio. Cardio no. boys me, so I like the weights. I only do cardio, I hate the weights. Yeah, it's weird, isn't <laughs> it? You find people always yeah. say to me, What's the best? Because I worked in the gym for nine years, what's the best kind of exercise you can do? I said, The one you enjoy. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But this, this triggered off 
um, quite a rapid weight loss. I lost mm. about a stone in the space of about four or five weeks. Yeah, that can be done as well. Yeah, yeah, easily done. Um, but then um, when, the, when the play finished, I mean, it was a positive and negative experience. But when the play finished, it finished at the beginning of December. I put two stone on between the beginning of December and the first week of January. So you like you go up and down. Quite. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I yo-yo. But that was when I got to my biggest point. But I realised I wasn't well. Yeah. I was down at the Buddhist Centre in Tatlo in Maidenhead, and we were doing like answering the phones and stuff for the yeah. centre. It's not you know it's not like the traditional Buddhism no. where you see. You know, monks walking around. Yeah, modern. Yeah, it's very modern. There's no. It's a lay organisation. Yeah. So we we staff the phones and run the, the kind of centre for That's the good. day. It's really good actually. You do you do a lot of human revolution growth. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I was I had a, an episode of bulimia. I'd been out the night before. I had a ridiculously spicy curry. So I was sat on the yeah. toilet. And I was. I just had this. What I think what Christians would call an epiphany. I realised mm. I was really ill. This isn't the penny dropped. It dropped. Yeah. yeah, it was like being whacked around the face, like a Monty Python fish around the face thing. Yeah. And it was it was such a painful realization that if and this is this is going to sound really callous, yeah. but if I had cancer, I'd have treatment. I would go out and get treatment. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a quirk of my personality. It's not yeah. something I do. Yeah. It's not just me being odd around food and exercise. Yeah. I'm not well. And yeah. if I had cancer, I'd go to the doctor and say yeah. I need support. I need this. And yeah. Coincidentally, my I was kind of pushed into, or the opportunities opened very quickly to access the eating disorder service in in Preston right. in January. So I, I went straight this, into it. This year, it was like, like two years, two ago. years ago. Two years ago. So yeah, I had a, a lot of intensive therapy. They did everything because it's it was CBTE, yeah. which is a, a form of uh, cognitive behavioural yeah. therapy. Excuse me. <clears throat> But focused on eating disorders. Yeah, which I was reading about yeah. before. Yeah, and it, it's something that I think they devised it so they did compassion based therapy. Yes. Whereas I sat in, in the room and they said, What would you say to this six year old you? Yeah. And I had nothing to say because I have no self compassion. I'm compassionate yeah. for you. Yeah. I see the homeless people in Preston who haven't yeah. got, you know, and it breaks my heart. Yeah. But when it comes to me, I've no, you know, they did yeah. everything. But you should just, you couldn't. Just, it was so hard. Because that's it, what part of my. Uh, kind of mission thing compassion I think it does have to st- start with yourself like yeah. you know if people are like less hard on themselves then they're not going to be as hard on yeah but like what you just said you, you're really hard on yourself but you're really caring and compassionate to the people look whereas yeah. nowadays in society you've got all these people who like you know will big themselves up but then like hate refugees you know like like and it's yeah, like yeah. That, yeah, that's just taught hate you know because yeah. you really deep down you probably have some kind of issue with yourself. It's projection, or, isn't it? Yeah, you're projecting it outward. You've been played, but yeah. that comes from the lack of, of self awareness. And I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying yeah. that if you're not moving forward, or you're not learning, yeah. then, then surely you're going backwards. Or you know, yeah. In my mind, I couldn't agree more. Because when I wasn't pushing myself forward, I was too scared to do things. I'm like, you know, I'm looking at my worst times. I was too scared. I could never get myself out of that hole. And I was only like. Bad, bad things will happen whether you're doing in a, you're bold or you're not. Like, that's a good quote there. Fear, the fearful are caught as often as the bold. Like, yeah, you could yeah. push yourself out there now and something bad could happen. Or you could yeah. just sit here and something bad could happen. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't change it. No. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to put it into a different perspective. But, I, you know, the CBT thing, I think it's, you get out what you put in. But like, you know it's something that you just couldn't activate in yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's it's fascinating. Yeah, like you say, it is fascinating, yeah. even though it might be upsetting. I see it all but the way through therapy because I'm, I am quite, a, I have a bit of a veneer of toughness about me. Yeah, you know? yeah, I can see that. Um, I'm warm, I'm friendly, I'm chatty. I'd like to think people enjoy my company. Yeah. but there's a there's a there's an edge to me which is less so through therapy. I'm not as cutting as I used to be. It used yeah. to be really unpleasant. But my therapist said to me. I was talking, you know, obviously yeah. talking about me, which is, I'll always talk about me. I talk about me until cows come on, I'm an yeah. actor, that's what I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm egotistical. <laughs> I have to come to peace with it, you know, I have to know what my strengths are and I have yeah. to know what kind of person I am and I am... To, 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 to survive. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were talking about me and she said, I've noticed over the past few weeks you can be quite unpleasant about yourself. And I went, yeah, well, I, I hate people who are so confident and talk about themselves. I'm this, I'm that, I'm yeah. that, the other. 
that's my insecurities yeah. um, with hindsight yeah. and she said but would you say anything would you say about other people things about you say about yourself and I went no god no and that was a sledgehammer to the chest so yeah. why would I be so mean to myself yeah. and not be mean to other people because if I'm if I'm mean to me I'm diminishing my strength mm-hmm. as a human being yeah. and I can't help other people well, it, does, it, does less, it lessens your yeah. so what I've made a big thing of recently even at these workshops I've been going to I stood up at this like job, not, uh, business thing yesterday and did like an imaginary pitch to people oh, and they were like who's this loony jumping up and down and I went on this big rant about how we need to talk more about suicide and like I was really yeah. passionate about it yeah. but like I started to list reasons why I was good and I was a good product and like this is it. My, my, I actually felt a bit dizzy afterwards because I've never done this before. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know whether it's a northern thing or a lad thing. Like, it's almost, yeah, it's a bit of a joke. Never feel good about yourself. It's like, if you go out there and say, like, you know, you said before at the beginning, quite a sensitive person, and automatically that's like, oh, it's a negative thing. So when I had like a, a, a bout of counselling about, about 18 months ago, the guy was like, well, we work on reframing these things. Get some of your. Um, nearest and dearest to write down some words to describe you <laughs> quite a lot of them for me wrote sensitive and, and but then he said actually is that not a strength it could that's yeah. it. you start to rebrand it and I think and to cut a long story short a lot of the things that like you know you, you're perceptive you're very very self-aware that's a strength yeah and like I think what I'm trying to say is if you could try and like repeat that more often or like mm. go but I think one way you do it by giving back and volunteering and yeah. And like say I, like you said before, I've done these things. Hopefully, that could inspire. Yeah. And that's a way of yeah. lifting your. It's, I don't know if it's self esteem is the word I'm using or self worth because self worth is because self self esteem is different. As an actor, it's you meet people who have. have I might contradict yeah. myself in a minute. Bear with me. Which is fine. Supremely <laughs> confident. Yeah. And, and appear to have supreme mm. self esteem. However, they'll come off stage and go, how was it? What was it like? Was it good? Did I... So they've got that yeah. confidence, but they have that incredibly low self-worth. They need that approval from other people. I need that. that. We do. You know, the reason we wear, we have our haircut, why yeah. people wear nice clothes when they go out, because they want somebody to say, well, you look nice. It's in us. It's, it's inherent in human beings to want a compliment. Not everybody gets it. I've worked with people no. who have uh, quite strong autistic traits yeah and they're not bothered about stuff yeah like that. spectrum is different yeah that, that's a different kind entire, of thing yeah. but as a rule you know people wear makeup you know women wear makeup they wear jewelry because it's that adornment you've been conditioned by society yeah. as well yeah but then i think you know you look back through history and even people in like stone age times yeah. they were fashioning jewelry out of everyday objects to wear to make themselves a little bit more more beautiful yeah and self care and self esteem but I, yeah. I think as life has become easier I mean I know that like people say that the, life is more difficult in many 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 mm. ways as it's because yeah. it's so much but in terms of like our um, way that we're wired as, as humans it was to be like hunter gatherers and like yeah. you know, like you take people out of that masculinity like you take or whatever you take people out of that environment it's, it's all about ad- adaptation yeah. and it, it, you know we've successfully adapted to a lot of things but there'll be quirks or there'll be problems and I think that might be the crux of where a lot of mental illnesses come from in that like yeah. you naturally want to like I sometimes I feel like I want to scream like just in public I don't know why I think there's something wrong with me or like I could pick <laughs> up this glass I'm not angry at all but I could smash this glass really there's an impulsivity in my body right now and we're in a pub actually I should have named it but, <laughs> but like I'm not going to smash the glass because I'm not angry about anything I just have an internal restlessness but if I was like a caveman, I could just go and like kill an animal. I know I wouldn't want to, like, I wouldn't do that now because. I think, yes, I, I agree. I think mean? we've kind of moved, we've moved on societally. Yeah. You know, we, but we've lost that sense of community. Yeah, absolutely. In the last, and like, even in the last 10 years, I think. Yeah, it, it's. Media has, has made us more connected, but in terms of our, the way that we actually speak. The world's smaller. Yeah, like we yeah. can, yeah. Speak to my, text my friend, well, I, I yeah. Facebook messaged my friend in Australia, which would have yeah. had a phone call, which, or, or a letter yeah. 20, 30 years ago, yeah. or no contact at all. Yeah. But I think what's happened is we've, we've, there's always been a culture of society. If you look at 
you know, um, African tribes or yeah. South American tribes or even Aboriginal Australian yeah. tribes. Everybody plays a part. Yeah. It, child, so, child development yeah. as well. I've, I've got a friend who lives in London and he's first generation British. His parents yeah. are from Zimbabwe. Right. And they lived quite rurally in yeah. Zimbabwe. And he's, he's, he's a very gentle soul. Yeah. He's a gay. He's gay. He's openly right. gay. And they had to leave Zimbabwe because things were changing and, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a really yeah. toxic place in Absolutely. the late 70s, early 80s when his mum and dad came over. Yeah. But in his culture and his society, mm. because he's such a gentle soul, he describes himself as a feminine. I know that's a very yeah. unhelpful word nowadays, but, you know, that's how he describes it. He, in his culture and his village, mm. he would have been almost a go-between between the women and the men. Yeah. So everybody plays a part, you know. I worked yeah. in a gym, I managed a cleaning team, and I had such a wonderful young lass who worked on it. She was, she was autistic. And she, you know, we look at things like that and yeah. go, oh, they're autistic, they can't get a job, they don't belong in society. Yeah, probably Every, box. Everybody plays a role. And I think a lot of the problems that we get with yeah. eating disorders and attachments to things like alcohol and drugs yeah. and gambling and sex and whatever it is, is because we don't have a role in community. Yeah. And we fill that void with, um, what I refer to as rapturous behaviour so you get a, a massive high yeah. like going out and getting drunk or taking drugs or having sex yeah. whatever it is yeah. and then there's a low afterwards because we've not got that sense of purpose yeah, and I, I you think what you've got with your counselling yeah. and where you're going with this yes. and me with my theatre company and my openness around my mental health yeah. struggles that gives me a sense of purpose I still go and get drunk <laughs> yeah but I think but, you've got your own yeah. specific journey and there's so much different facets to that that like what I'm trying to say to you is, as you get more in touch with yourself if you make yourself the focus of what you do. Like, it's yeah. a, my, my counselling journey is like quite open and honest and out there because it's on the podcast mm, and yeah. like blogs. And like, I'm not telling everyone everything about me, but like enough that hopefully that will tempt other people out of there. I would have, that's you know, I would have liked something like this for me when I had no one to talk to. I yeah. lived in Italy for two years and I had no one to talk to about yeah. anything related to, to like mental health but um, in terms of what you're saying about uh, the things before addiction of any kind mm. I listen to the best podcast I've ever ever listened to um, I've been listening to podcasts for about 18 months mm. and it was um, the best probably the best one related to mental health I'd say is the Dr. Rangan Chatterjee okay. he's been on BBC he's a GP and he gets different guests on each time but it, it was the one about addiction but it was with the doctor Gabor Mate he was called and it was it was just honestly it would change it would completely cut through everything you think about addiction and, yeah. and the, the compassion you can, can't fail to have compassion I think after listening to that and yeah. the, the, the link is and I've known this for a while actually through my own studies that m- most addiction comes from trauma and, and where did the trauma come from and the trauma might be related to you know changes in society and not having a purpose or whatever trauma yeah. could be anything yeah. but it, it, like you say you have to fill that void and then when you realise that like people do that because actually they're suffering mm. and they want to feel better yeah. as soon as you say those words people's facial expressions just like and people forget that you know people you don't never people, you never know what someone's going through that, that person I'm looking at a guy outside the window he could be suffering yeah I, and I've got the compassion for him now because it, everybody's suffering the problem is if the law says if you take these drugs then you're to be like whatever but like if you're a shopping addict or a sex addict or whatever you get lots it's, of sympathy yeah. like yeah, or, you know whereas sport, if you yeah. take heroin like it's like oh you're staying on society it's like yeah. you, that today their trauma is just way worse yeah why would you do that otherwise you know yeah and the thing is I, I believe this massively yeah. um, this is going to be my next podcast I said might record on <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely yeah. believe We've just had a window cleaner. Yeah, the window cleaner's in the room. It's all okay. Sorry, we've been we've been told. <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully, that's not a sign to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. With regards to suffering, everybody is suffering, and my eating yeah. disorder. Yeah. I use my food. Yeah. Lack of food. I once didn't eat anything for seven days. What's that like? What's that like? It was like? magic. Because I'm competitive, I loved it. So you're I, like, I've gone, I've done, gone two days, I'm going to do yeah. three days. I got to, I got, I became competitive with my restriction. Yeah. I'd gone to a, a really dark place. I got very thin. Yeah. Then I moved mechanically out of that through eating. Yeah. 
um, and a little bit of therapy, yeah. which was brilliant. Got myself to a healthy BMI and what I thought was fixed. Yeah. Then I found out my ex-wife had an affair. And on the build-up from my start of eating disorders being destructive, because I'd been there since yeah. I was 11 through therapy, probably yeah. younger, we just didn't need to go any further back than that. Yeah. Um, they became very, very destructive. Uh, and I had a breakdown. Yeah. Like you in, in the November in two thousand and six, yeah. Because my my ex wife and our our marriage unravelled. Yeah. You know we'd just grown apart. We 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 didn't love each other anymore. We didn't know anything else because we'd been together from sixteen, and I was twenty five, twenty six at yeah, that point. Yeah, started young, hadn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the relationship had become very, very toxic. Yeah. Um, what I did, I, because I I was really struggling because it's. My ex-wife was all I knew, mm. uh, so I started yeah. drinking, stopped eating. But the seven-day thing, I managed to get myself reasonably healthy. Yeah. She sent me a text message from Germany that she'd been having an affair with the Germans. We had these friends yeah. over in Germany, right. and back and forth, and I'd always known there was something yeah. going on, but it was flipped back at me saying, "You're not well. Take your tablets." That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. To cover her guilt and what was going on. Anyway. And because I was very relieved because I was one, I was able to get out of this toxic relationship, yeah. almost with a moral high ground, which is that's how I felt at the time. Because she had the affair, I could leave. It gave you that justification. Yeah, yeah. Because if I'd have left, I'd have been leaving my wife, I'd have been leaving my kids. And you didn't want that. Yeah, and being a Blackburn lad, Blackburn, there's a, there is a very strong sense of community. Yeah. And I got quite a lot of aggravation for not fighting to stay in the relationship even though I was you know from the community I lived in yeah um, but I, I didn't eat anything for seven days because I was masking the pain and well, that's what drugs does it's what the sex does what the shopping yeah. does what the gambling whatever your vice is yeah that sounds to me it's, it's a masking because uh, yeah. we can't express ourselves to, to, to say I'm suffering I'm a reaction suffering. to trauma yeah, yeah, yeah to trauma And but I enjoyed it I loved it because I just it was I only ate on the eighth day I had, over the course of the day, probably the equivalent of a, a, a normal meal in bits yeah. and bobs. So, in the next three days, so in ten days I ate three meals. I, I just don't know, what, what does that do to you though, physically? Like, like, well, I've got health complaints yeah. now as a result. Yeah, yeah like, I, I mean, yeah. they only share if you feel comfortable, but like... Mm. Mm, it's fine. Um, it, must, it must affect you inside. Yeah. yeah, there's bits and bobs. There's things you get, I forget yeah. the terminology, but it's called... Divertilitis, diverculitis, something right. like that, and it's where your bowel kind of balloons out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets it. Yeah. Well, most people get it. Most people don't know they've got it, yeah. and they tend to get it in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. But because I'm I've restricted food and yeah. spicy food or whatever I've been doing, I've got a bit of that. My yeah. cholesterol was all over the show. I probably have health-related issues as I get older, so I'm always on that struggle to be mindful about diabetes and things like that because yeah. I've, I've, I've damaged my thyroid I didn't damage it I switched it into hyperdrive through not eating so yeah. there's, there's all sorts of things we've that, always got them scars on mentally and physically like I've yeah, got stretch yeah. marks on my stomach like and it's one of those like I, it's funny because for years and years I didn't even like bat an eyelid like because yeah. I knew they were there but I was yeah. like I, it was embarrassing but like back when I was at uni back here like 18, 19, 20 and I put weight on quite a lot and it obviously at the time was probably due to depression or whatever yeah, and yeah. I'd like I refused to get this new belt because I was like no no it's not mine <laughs> no, it's I had fine. this thing about like uh, trouser you know, waist sizes yeah. and I think my girlfriend at the time was from up this way actually and she was like you know you, you, you need to get like bigger trousers and, and, and I'd get really like it's you know, trauma yeah and like as a result it like dug into my skin <laughs> I went it's, no, but I actually have yeah. like marks yeah. now on my skin that I'll never, unless I have like you know the, abrasion but, surgery whatever they yeah, call it like, yeah. and, 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 but now I've, I've re- like, I don't, I don't tell, I haven't even brought that up in therapy like oh, it's just there on my stomach and I'm like that's stupid of me but I'm not punishing myself for that now it's like because I've lost weight and it's more apparent that it's there now well I went back to the gym yeah. I worked in and when I worked in the gym I didn't I'd gone on a journey with working in the gym I was yeah. there for nine years and it was a blessing and a curse yeah. because I, I managed to get a lot of normalisation around yeah. exercise but I also listened to these crackpots talking about soup cabbage oh. soup diets and stuff yeah um 
I know a guy at football and he swears by cabbage soup, so scolds me, I'm really sorry. Yeah, um, mate, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be in a car with you in a confines I never go in the car If you're in a cabbage diet, it'd be toxic. Oh, dear. Don't do it, it's bad for your soul. Um, yeah, and I went back to the gym. Yeah. I took my granddaughter swimming. One of the joys of having kids young is you become a young granddad because I'm only... I became a granddad at 40. You do not look like a granddad. And we'll, put, we'll get a picture at the end. You do yeah. not look like a granddad. Well, um, yeah. But then, um, yeah. that was a bit of a trauma. Yeah. My ego went, you're too young for And now I love it a bit. It's yeah. the best thing ever. Better than raspberries. Um, and you like Better raspberries. than starving yourself for seven days. <laughs> wow, okay. But I went, <laughs> I went back to the gym and I was in the process through man beef fat, yeah. losing weight. Yeah. And I, I hadn't been back to the gym because I was embarrassed about how I looked because I put that weight on. I was mortified, I was disgusted with how I looked. It was, I like the language that you use because it's really the honest. I not words strong enough to describe how much self-loathing I had yeah. around my physicality. It was just... And being, having eating disorders and having yeah. been very thin, yeah. to be a, a meagre 16 stone, you know, I'm 5 foot 10, I'm, yeah. I'm a medium build, so I, yeah. wasn't, I wasn't huge, but it's catastrophic for my mindset. It yeah. was so hard because my yes. therapist was going, don't go mad. And everything about me, it was yeah. like trying to hold in a yawn. It was so hard holding that yawn in of not doing a stupid diet, not exercising excessively, not doing this, and you know, maintaining a weight of 95, 96 kilograms yeah. through therapy and not act on those impulses, especially because mm. we brought up a lot of stuff. Yeah. Talks about, you know, things that would ordinarily have buried or hadn't addressed or thought I knew about. Went back to the gym and took my granddaughter swimming. And the gym, the gym's upstairs, it's a two-level gym, it's a really big gym, you know, it's huge. And the gym floor, there's a round window on mm-hmm. one side. Yeah. And you go, this window looks out onto the stairs down to the pool. Yeah. And you can see pretty much all the pool from it. And I was, yeah. I was so anxious before I went. And I was stuck, because, you know, I know yeah. loads of people at the gym, I stood talking to people yeah. just in my swimming shorts. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to wear this, because I was carrying a little bit of fat. Yeah. I thought, fuck it, I'm going to wear this. As a, it's essentially yeah. a scar after breast cancer. I'm a yeah. survivor. Yeah. Yes. Fuck it, I'm having it. This and is I love me. the word fuck it. You can't yeah. say that enough that's, for me, I, honestly. I, yeah, that's, that's my attitude to life. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's normally been destructive. <laughs> well, it has But been. you've survived. Yeah. I don't want to like, yes. gloss and over that, your struggles. Yeah, but, but like, that was it. And I stood, and I, the first 10 minutes talking to these people, I was really uncomfortable. I was, you know, doing the masking, yeah. the body, the... the covering my body up and had a towel up in front yeah. of me and it, I just thought just fuck it yeah. wear this as a badge of honour yeah do you know what I mean and, and I, yeah. I took responsibility for me in that moment I feel a little bit like that about the scars if anything like yeah. if anyone says like what are they I can say well I used to be overweight and I, 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 I couldn't accept it because I, I was never the kind of guy you'd be like he's absolutely massive no, just yeah. a guy yeah. who who ballooned up a bit and then we get it back down. But like, this is the best I've ever looked in my life. Like, thing is, it if I can ha- maintain this now, it's fine. It's probably my nat- yeah. this is probably my natural weight. I'm not going to like, yeah, because it's it's getting too hard to come set points in yeah and, therapy. Yeah, 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 and that's it. But I think um, one thing that struck me, but I'm doing my research. I went to the Mental Health Foundation and the charity. Is it Beat the charity for? Yeah, there's for quite a few. One point yeah. two five million people affected by eating disorders. So you think yeah. there's so many people out there that, like, you, someone like you who is open and honest and using this oh, media, and yeah. and because you're an actor, it, we've and we'll come on to this in a minute. There's so many people out there to reach to go around it, even in schools and stuff like that. Mm. Like I think it's so powerful. But yeah. what something that and when I did this thing last year about people who have like terminal cancer and people make comments and like, oh, I had a friend who had cancer and they died. And it's like, you know, people <laughs> say, yeah. people have really good intentions but say the wrong thing. Yeah. So if I said to somebody who, who had an eating disorder, oh, you, you're looking well, that might not always be the best comment for me to say, is it? Like, it depends. I, because yeah. of my nature and my upbringing, yeah. I crave, and I'm comfortable with it, yeah. I've worked through it. One, the only time I got upset in therapy, yeah. Again, that toughness. And we had a beautiful relationship, my therapist yeah. and I. Hi, Lisa, if you ever listen to this. Hi, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> and Katie, the dietitian. Hi. Um, <laughs> I got, I realised that my whole personality, my eating disorders, was about being beautiful. Yeah. And I went into acting 
if I'd have been comfortable in me, I'd have been happy being a welder, mm. sheet metal worker, and just working engineering, earning a reasonable wage, doing whatever. I went into acting, one, because I wanted to tell stories, but two, because I wanted people to tell me I was beautiful, or wonderful, or to get that accolade off people. Mm. And I realised that if I, I'm, and I don't want to use the word beautiful because it makes me sound very arrogant, because I, I, I'm not, but if I'm beautiful, people will love me. You know, I, I realised very early, a lot of people have a lot of a struggle with self-love because they don't feel lovable. I had kids at 19 and my kids loved me. Yeah. So I didn't go on that journey of, no, I'm unlovable. I knew I was lovable because I had this unconditional love of my kids. Yeah. Um, but if, with it, so if I'm beautiful, people love me. So that's why being skinny, yeah. people, I get attention off people. Mm. And being chunky, I became, you know, the lad who talked, because I was chunky, I was a little bit tubby, a little bit overweight. But I'd sit and I'd play with my belly, I'd lift my belly up and drop it down for comedy effect because I wanted that accolade off people. It's in me, you know, I, I have to come to peace with it. Well, I have come to peace with it. This, but this is, this is um, I'm complimenting you, it's that staggering self-awareness, what you're showing now. Not <laughs> many people can do that. You cut through your problems, you're upfront about your problems, but you're upfront about why you did things as well and like yeah, how you cope. And, and that's the thing, like, I think, the word that we're not mentioning here is acceptance and mm. there's so many things about us that have not fully formed and not yeah. that might sound dysfunctional to the listener but if you can manage it and cope with it and still you know yeah. that will, will, will go a long way to smashing apart that stigma of that like, yeah. we're not capable people I'm a, I'm a primary school teacher and I'm damn good at it um, you know and I've had mental breakdowns whatever you know like oh, yeah. you know, you're an actor and like you know being in a creative yeah. industry if anything like lends itself in many ways because you can chat can't you not can't you channel your own yeah well you can use it pain you, you, or... can, you can use it as a reference point but yeah it does it, 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 i don't like accessing stuff no because it... i like to read when i'm working and you know like you you're, mm-hmm. you know you're a primary school teacher and you've got, yeah and you talked about imposter syndrome all the time yeah i know i'm a good actor yeah. i've got an awful cv my CV isn't strong. Yeah. I've not got anything. People say, oh, what have you been in? Yeah, I say, generally that's how they debt. judge you. That's yeah. how they judge you. Generally debt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Therapy and debt. Yeah. Typical actor. Um, oh. And many pubs. Yeah, many. Dancing for drinks. Please get me a drink. <laughs> I have no money. I'm an impoverished actor. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've lost my train of thought, thought now. It happens. I think, tell yeah. me about your attention deficit thing, because I, I, we talked about this, man versus fire. Yeah. I'm, I don't need another diagnosis, because I've got a few diagnoses. I've got the eating yeah. disorder. Yeah. I don't want to accept I get yeah. depression, because I have a, a black cloud that descends on me. Yeah. I've just been diagnosed with arthritis. That's a genetic thing, not it's, a lifestyle. It's, it's, but I know I've got attention deficit disorder. Yeah. There's something so there. I, yeah. how, did it, how was it for you? What happened there? I, 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 I just have up and downs in behaviour and I can, get, I can manage stress and I can, and I can explode and like, I highly suspect that my, my father, my, my dear father, my dad's got an Asperger's, but okay. again it's um, high functioning, yeah. but it's not always capable of the emotional depth and yeah. that I am. I am I'm very, very emotionally uh, literate, very emotionally, mm. because I get from my mum's side, so I'm like, it's really uncomfortable but also beautiful mishmash of two very caring parents, but one very very sensitive and emotional and one very who bottles things up but then explodes in anger park that thought more yeah from a buddhist perspective yeah this is really weird because yeah. it works against a judeo-christian yeah. background you choose your parents mm-hmm. and you choose them and your parents may cause you a lot of suffering yeah you know it's inevitable yeah. i've done it to my kids and i try to do the best that i can yeah but we choose them and you either choose them you choose them to become my look at my viewpoint is to be better yeah but also you choose you've got 50% of both one yeah and it's your how do you win with that how do you change well, I, you take your, the best your, part your, yeah, exactly. well that's it you focus on the best part of each of them and I actually wrote my um, uh, wedding speech out the other day last Saturday okay um, and I, um, I basically wrote down all the important influences in mine and my future wife Laura's life yeah and, and, uh, yeah and, and, and I, d- I told her not about the whole speech but you know yeah. as I'm making a speech on behalf of myself and my wife who will be my wife and she's not as comfortable come public speaking and I've done plenty of best man speeches yeah. but I got to the section where I had to talk about my parents and I knew I wanted to keep it brief <laughs> but you have to think about your impact and I did, I did but then I just 
it was like a fairy procession and about mm. and it just completely broke down completely but yeah. it, it was just a sense of realization that like here are two human beings that like every human beings out there are flawed people yeah and i could see in that moment what had happened in both of their lives to make them like that yeah. and it's only over the last year really because i've been on this journey myself that i've sat down and had proper conversations with my parents and yeah. i've absolved them of all blame and guilt about getting divorced and anything they yeah. have done to me and i've but then i noticed that one theme that they both had is that they both do things for other people they're both people pleasers in different ways yeah like and they, do, they don't know they're always doing it but yeah. it, it, because they've not always got that fully formed sense of who they are themselves yeah. whereas if now they're one child the one thing that they both made in this world I have a very, very, very full form sense of myself and, and I've yeah. taken that and that's, and I will put that onto my children and I'll put that onto all the people that I meet. And yeah. whether it is ADD, I've got the diagnosis, but I've, I've, there's a lot of things that come up and I think that might be, because I don't think anxiety and depression are just the things that some, I suffer from. Yeah. I think they're yeah. part of something else. Yeah. Because, so ADD seems the best fit and it was someone from my meetup group, Lena, who came and spoke to me and said there's just things I noticed about you at the time you struggled with eye contact you were very shifty you changed conversation very quickly different trails of thought yeah but, but I always thought I was quite hyperactive even as like an adult and an adolescent but my mum says as a child I wasn't um, mm. but there's a lot of things I've been looking into borderline personality disorder again I don't know all enough about it but yeah. there's a lot of things that it could fit into and, but that's the thing you're always on a journey and I'll just spend the rest yeah. of my life as yeah. I learn about all these topics, yeah, it's mad, isn't applying it? them to my own. I have a friend who works in mental health. Yeah, he works up in Morecambe. He supports quite, you know, quite severely disabled people. Yeah, um, and he sums up mental health beautifully. He said, "We've been essentially plumbing the body apart and back together since since yeah. time began. You know, the Egyptians were doing. The Egyptians had quite advanced dentistry and surgery. You know, seven thousand yeah. years ago." So we have a very good understanding of what fits. You know, if you cut this bit off, the person dies. If you cut this bit off and plug mm. it into this, the person lives. Whereas with mental health, definitely in the West, it's only really since 18, the late latter half of the 19th century, Jung and Freud started going, mm, what makes us us? Yeah. So we're, we're essentially butchering each other in a mental health point of yeah. view because we've just looked at the body as a body. Yeah. And now we're moving into that holistic thing. The Eastern influences, the Indian influences are coming in. So these, you know, we're diagnosing things. And like you say, your ADHD doesn't really fit into it. What you've got doesn't really fit into a specific bracket. Yeah, and I'm reluctant to use it as an excuse. Uh, but I've been putting off going to support groups. I will, once I'm married. Because oh, I've had so much support group. It's going to sound really macabre, especially if I was to go on, because I'm pretty sure I've got attention deficit. Yeah. So I just don't want another diagnosis. I've had too many. And yeah, different I'd, tablets. It, it must be... I'm, I'd love to try one. Just well, to I could sell them on speed, couldn't I, in the night out? <laughs> oh, yeah, because they give stimulants. Well, it helps me focus, but I work very, very short bursts. Like, yeah, I, I, It's almost like a beautiful mind. Like, I'll make a mind map. Okay. of something I want to put in a podcast right? but I'll stand up and I'll do it on the kitchen counter yeah. and I'll put on I only listen to certain songs that like um, I'll listen to LCD sounds and some more explosions in the sky and they like make my mind work okay. like yeah. the pistons are going in my mind yeah. and I'll, I can fill an A3 piece of paper in 9-10 minutes with like you know, and in my mind, I still tell myself, to, to, you know, I've got to do this job, it'll take me two hours. And because and, society tells you that, to write an essay, yeah. but I, Michael Richard, when I do something, can achieve a hell of a lot in 10 minutes. I mean, yeah, that's, that's my future, I can achieve a hell of a lot in two minutes. But, uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that um, <laughs> it, it just comes out, it's this creative thing, like, and it's how yeah. I, it's how I work, and it's how I how I feel there's two things that make me feel alive and it's that being that open and honest and getting it out and two completely switching off list and just sitting and listening and counselling that and I never thought that but that makes me feel alive I'm privileged like this is different because it's a two way conversation yeah. like, it's, your, it's your podcast but it's your podcast I'm, I'm just a guest if, but if I was to sit down with you as a client I am just genuinely privileged that you're letting me into your life because yeah. and I, I, I'm not there yet because I need sometimes I tell myself shut the fuck up and just let them speak you know, well I do that all the time you'll hear me say I actually get hold of my lips in the middle and I shut them and I go Neil shut the fuck up yeah. and because I, I can't again it's like holding a sneezing yeah. and it's great depending on the director you work I work with my wife a lot 
because we have a theatre company. We put something on in Preston. We put something on in Preston recently, and I was involved in the directing process. It's not something I really want to do. I'm not a writer. Yeah. But when I see something, yeah, like that ten minutes of you know that burst of energy, yeah. I can't hold it in. I yeah. have to say, oh, I've just I'm not. Can we try this? If you've got a really understanding director, and when generally when I work yeah. with people, I say, look, this is what I'm like. Yeah. And they go, okay, it's really rewarding. And one, I did a project recently where the director was yeah. really willing, but the other actor actors weren't. Yeah. And it was quite a hard project for me because I didn't get. Mm. I was frustrated because yeah. I said, oh, I've got this idea. But yeah, I, I get that burst of energy. My wife's so very different. Though. She's she's very methodical. She same with my partner. Yeah, she's the cheat chop. I've put her through so much with my illness. Yeah, I I punished myself oh. in the first half of the time we've been together, but then like I also think as a counterbalance to that, like I can add that fun and spontaneity. And I'm not saying that you're not fun yeah, or no, but no, my aunt is the same. It's, it's that's exactly it. Everything. The same, yeah. For me, I wanted to get all these things done in my life before I got married, but that doesn't mean I have to stop doing them. I've, I've activated like all these things, but to, to kind of to end with, and I hope that I can come to Preston again, and hopefully we could do some kind of event. But with the acting, you know, what are you watching next episode? You've got some kind of performance about this, or well, this is a bit of a handy segue into a plug. I when I finished my therapy, I said, "How do I pay it forward? How do I use my skills?" Yes. I don't think I'd be a good therapist. I'm too egotistical. <laughs> I, shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh, but... <laughs> no, I am. I'm far too egotistical. And it's the time. It's not something I'm passionate about. Yeah. However, I want to use my set of skills about how, how do I do it? What do I do? Do I, do? I become a public speaker? Nah, not really by the way. So we, we have a theatre company. It's in its infancy because my wife has a... Anthea. Hi, Anthea. She probably won't listen to this. She's heard it all before. She's bored of me. Um, she has health issues around... Like endometriosis and that's a, it's a debilitating yeah. uh, condition for women. So we've been setting this theatre company up for about three years. Right. We've got health issues and my mental health and everything's yeah. got in the way. We put the project on last year, which really worked. We teamed up 70, 14 writers, new writers, people who'd never had work published before. Right. Well, that's not true. People who'd never had the work put on stage before. Yeah. With 14 professional actors from Lancashire. We put two seven five-minute monologues on over right. to, on two okay. separate nights, which was fourteen pieces. Yeah, and it was really, really well received. It was a lot of work, more yeah. mainly by Ampy because I do these short bursts and sit yeah. back and let everybody else do the hard work. But I we're in the process now working with somebody called Sue Moffat and Alan Livesey, who are again Preston. She's a she's a screenwriter. Yeah. Alan Alan's a film director. The four of us are working on putting a uh, a play a 45 minute to an hour long performance about eating disorders in men well this is this is it like I think we haven't even touched on this like you just think of it with a mint don't you like yeah it's a teenage girl's disease just get over it have a pie well that's it as soon as you've got that's an unhealthy stereotype it means it's devalued people's struggle and the hope mm. that people and I think with you you've got you know the networks that you know this could go into like I said to Mike the, the one we did about MS getting out into those networks because yeah. For me, this is a way of me learning. Like, I'm not an expert. You're an expert in your story. Reasonably. In my story, yeah. I like to know I know a bit about myself. <laughs> well. But what, what our aim is, yeah. we're obviously subject to funding. We're going to apply for... We're, we're writing something at the moment as a scratch. Mm. We're going to put that on in November as just a 20-minute piece to see if it works for an audience. There's a festival coming up in Preston. Preston had a fringe. I'm going to come up to Preston with friends fringe actually. sounds so. like a bad haircut, but it's actually <laughs> yeah. really nice. Yeah. Lancashire fringe, so it sounds like a bad haircut. <laughs> a beautiful experience. And Gaz Puppy put stuff on, was put most amazing stuff on. But what we're going to do, because it's going to be, if we can get the funding, yeah. and I'm confident we will, it's, it's about an eating disorder in a man, but it's about, so people who can come and watch it, who've supported people, so, mm. for example... Anthea, if Anthea wasn't yeah. involved in the project, yeah. she could sit and watch it and get something yeah. from it and go, oh, I now I see how an eating disorder works in some of these more parents of those teenage parents, girls you mentioned. Like. People who have suffered directly, people who have actually had eating disorders, they can sit and go, that person gets it. This is exactly how I feel, I've never been able to articulate it. That's, Do you that's, know what I mean? That's the crux of peer support in any yeah, kind of way. But like, we're going to take that, put it on the stage, because not everybody's in the position to talk about it openly. And we're going to, I'm going to, fingers crossed, take it into Breathe and Seed, which are the ones in Preston that yeah. are a support group. 
there's something over in Blackpool, we're going to tour it into non-theatrical venues and put it on yeah. for people. And it's a page of fields so that if you've got no money, yeah, come along. Yeah, well, I'll have that's my too. that's my gift as a thing. Mm-hmm. How do I use my my set of skills yeah. to pay it forward? Because I'm a big fan of paying things forward. I, I believe I yeah. truly believe. You can't that. pay it back because you know I might not see that person ever yeah. again. But pay it forward, and this is me saying thank you to the eating disorder service yeah. and taking that out. So somebody who sits. Yeah. And again, when I worked in the gym, yeah. I always had the local eating disorder charities, things in mind. I was very open about it, and I helped a lot of people get into therapy, yeah. because they go, I think I have a problem too. Well, that's it, you and need to be it. that gateway, and yeah. like, I, 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 like I say, I'm not just doing this to get people to come and see me as clients, like, in fact, that's not a very profitable part of my business <laughs> model, like, I, but yeah. I can get through to audiences through workshops, but yeah. it is normalising, and being that advocate, and being that person who's open and approachable, and you can say, yeah. I've been through that. I'm not, you know, I don't have to tell you about for hours and hours about my own story, but it's out there and I can signpost you. Yeah. And I think the word that you mentioned in the first email, which um, was normalising, and I think yeah. now I know so I know ten times more than I knew about this topic before I woke up. You know, when I woke up this morning, yeah. and then I can then go if someone brings it up in conversation, I can say, well, I can tell you the thing about this is I know a guy, and it's all about that human connection I think and yeah, I think that's what the podcast is all about and before we end I want to do plug this place because it's called Plug and Taps is that yes. right in yeah. Preston and they do um, a men's support group Happy Days which I do want to come to I've emailed the guys yeah, it's on a Wednesday night yeah Wednesday nights and um, say we'll try and get this shared out around Preston as well and hopefully they'll be share it but great place you know craft beer place proper like, beer proper beer though as well like <laughs> yeah. is that, you know you can, there's a lot of but it's that, there's that, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get in to large groups of men, <laughs> but how to do it, pubs, <laughs> before you get clubs, man, we yeah, yeah. Um, and well, we're into the construction industry as well, yeah. like, but this is great that, that what they're doing, and I'm going to be doing one myself, hopefully soon in Man- South Manchester, yeah. so, you know, watch this space, but uh, I must say, in terms of the breadth of the conversation, this has been my, probably my favourite one so far. Oh, you like, do, are you just no, 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 because <laughs> I do need accolades. Because you, you've left me with like this appetite, the, the energy to want to learn about other stuff. Okay. But, but like, yeah, because I've been going on a lot of courses and stuff recently and things about podcasts, I think that this is good. I really, I really like this and yeah, you've taught me something and I think that's the thing, when you feel like you're learning and you're enjoying learning, then you're self-actualising and you're like, yeah. you're like achieving yeah. more in life because it's never a done deal. And once we admit that it's okay to be wrong, we're very powerful oh. people. We're very powerful people. Let me just yeah. very That's how we'll end share it. my experience of rehearsals. Yeah. A lot of actors go into rehearsals going, I'm looking for the character. How does this character oh. talk? How does this character... I'm, I'm doing the proper wanky actor gesture. <laughs> um, how does he sound? How does he walk in space? What's his motivation? What's all this? And I look at rehearsal as a waste process. Yeah. Fall flat on your face. Fuck it up royally. Yeah. Make a right. Fall, fall, fall forward. Yeah. Well, fall backwards. Fall sideways. <laughs> Fucking fall through and all the ground. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Because what happens is, you try everything that doesn't work. Yeah. And eventually, you're left with what does. Yeah. And that's how I look at life. That is life. Fucking the amount of shit that I've yeah. done. What we you, society would yeah. say is wrong or stupidly or badly. Yeah. But it's left me who I am. Yeah. My eating disorder. I beat myself up over being yeah. poorly. It's just who I am, but it's made me such a stronger person. Yeah, and now, now you yeah. focus on what you're doing right. Yeah, I've got rid of the shit that doesn't work. I'm getting rid of the shit that doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm focusing on the bits that does. And that's a really, really good way to end it. And I think, pulling it back, the way is to talk, to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that's why it's called Talk About It, mate. And the, the, the first thing I ever thought of with this group was a name before I thought of anything. It. Actually, I, you know, the name and the logo yeah. two, two years ago. And they haven't, that hasn't changed. And I've got the domain name now, so try and come for me. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I'm going to register this company and pump an account. So, you know, like, it's real and talk about it, mate. And get in touch and I'm sure we'll share all your details, Neil. Because I yeah, think there will be people out there who listen to this that would want to speak to somebody who's in the know. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And that is a wrap.